the heat wave, a lot of people across the country are without power. Yeah, they're called Democrats. Uh, wow. Trenchant analysis there from the redhead. So we've been doing a cavanoscopy all morning long. Cavanoscopy? Cavanoscopy. Is that a play on the name of the recently nominated Supreme Court Justice? Joe's been showing off his Kavanaughage. In my Kavanaughalosis. <laughs> So a friend of mine texted me this. I wonder why this wouldn't work soon. They say with the new smartest computers, uh, they always use cancer as an example for some reason. Oh, I see where you're going. The new smartest computers has everything that's known about cancer on the entire planet. And you can plug in this one person's information, you know, my information, they could plug into the computer. It would have the immediate, up-to-date, based on everything that is known about every patient that's ever had this right. and every study that's ever been done, what they should do. Right. Could you do that? Could you have nine Watson computers for Supreme Court justices that plug in all the known... God, you could go You could go every bit of legal history that's known throughout the history of civilization. Mm-hmm. Every case that's ever been done from, from, that, that, that applies to it from you know one tiny town in the middle of nowhere on up. And that, plug it in and come up with some sort of answer. Does this fit with the Constitution? That is a great question. The only problem is that a significant portion of the population wants you to have cancer, if you will. There are fundamentally different ways of viewing the law and the Constitution. And that's the problem. I mean, that's how you get somebody as, as clearly this would, intelligent as a uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg disagreeing as vehemently as she does with Scalia. Yeah, for instance, well, the late Antonin Scalia. This would probably really work well for your uh, textualists because you could put in the texts mm-hmm. and everything like that. It'd be you could probably do a computers for textualists, right? Um, but you can't for the whole living document. How does that apply to today? Um, you know, the founding fathers, if they were alive today, wouldn't have wanted this, right? Exactly, and and you know the the progressive side of things, the RBG and uh, Sotomayor, and I'll be as fair as I can in describing their judicial point of view. It is. That law makes me happy, so it's a good law. That's their philosophy. <laughs> That's charitable. And <laughs> no, it's just a different way of looking at our system of government. So that'd be the challenge. But yeah, yeah, that'd be really interesting. Um, do the work of clerks. Put the clerks yeah. out of his. Yeah. Hey, find me some presidents, would you? <laughs> then to back up my point of view. Well, how much is how much of the law is that? How much of it? Because reading the rereading parts of the Brethren over the last week which is a book Bob Woodward wrote about the Supreme Court, which it was at the time, and I believe still is, the most in-depth look at the way they, they do their business, because it's always been secretive, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize this. Uh, so that book came out in the 70s. It's about the early 70s Supreme Court, and he had secret sources. Nobody knew who they were. Well, Judge Potter, Supreme Court Justice, revealed it came out upon his death in 1989. He was the source for almost all of it. Ah, so read reading the book now that I know that is a little bit different, and that Potter, who is the source for this, kind of comes off as like incredibly wise and above it all, and a mm. lot of the other ones are you know petulant and mm-hmm. picky. <laughs> so that's kind of funny, but yeah, um, yeah, no kidding. I haven't read that. You like it? Oh, it's fan. It's freaking fantastic. Great, it's one of the best great. things I've ever read in my life. It really. I don't is. have time to read books anymore. I'm on Twitter, but uh, I get thanks, it. Thanks though. Uh, but um. It it definitely seems to me there's a certain amount of, I think this should be the result. I need to find laws that back me up on that. Sure, precedents and philosophies and... Right, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah they're humans. And because and, po- Justice Potter, who was on the winning side of Roe versus Wade decision, started with, I got a couple of daughters who really, you know, like the whole idea of women choosing. And I believe we have an overpopulation problem. That's where he started in terms of right. looking for laws yeah. that could back up, you know, Roe versus Wade. Mm. And obviously overpopulation should have nothing to do with whether or not abortion is legal. I just find myself wishing I could do half the Colonel Potter imitation that the great Mike O'Mara radio legend does every time I hear the word Potter. As I'm talking about ancient Supreme Court justices. Right. And or Harry Potter. That'd be a good reference, too. But, yeah, I'll have to read that book someday when I'm, I'm off Twitter. Colonel Potter. <laughs> that's, that's about as good as I can do. <laughs> Can't do it. Yeah, brother. So, uh, listen, I was just really, really gratified to see finally a Catholic guy who went to Yale nominated for the Supreme Court. Oh, and he teaches at Harvard. So finally, a little representation on the court. We seem more bothered by this than anyone else. Are other people not bothered by this? I Everybody I, went to the same university except one. Isn't that weird? Well, you th- there's Harvard and Yale and one, I think, who went to Columbia. You don't think that's weird? Yes, it's weird, and it's incredibly, I think it's insulting, and it's elitist, and it's stupid. The idea, as I said earlier in the show, there is not a single mind bright enough, sharp enough, creative enough, ambitious enough anywhere else. Not at Michigan, not at UCLA, not at Washington or Illinois or Florida. Not a single goddamn one! I find that crazy. Sorry for the GD bomb. I know it offends a lot of you. I just think it's terrible. Not that there's anything wrong with Kavanaugh. He seems like a perfectly oh, yeah, that's fine not fellow. His fault. That's not his fault. Oh, no, 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 no. He seems like a decent man on every level. But it, it seems pretty clear that what happens, and it probably happens at all the big law firms, I believe one of our law friends has told us that, that the, you know, the Yaleys and the Harvards only hire other Yaleys and Harvards. Right. And, uh, and which, you know, helps increase their own status in their own mind because... We're all the best because we only allow us in. I mean, it kind of self-perpetuates. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's just, it's weird. Out of a country as large as this is, 300 plus million people, 3,000 miles across, you got a couple of universities within 100 miles that supply all the Supreme Court justices. Yeah. It's just, it can't be good. Well, and it's, it's also insulting to the faculties of every law school in America. Some of which are doing brilliant work. You know, I didn't go to law school. I was in the pre-law program. But I, I studied under brilliant people who, who wrote amazing books and the rest of it. The idea that unless they went to Harvard, yeah, they were incapable of educating somebody to the point that they could sit on the Supreme Court. I just Well, then how, and also, how about, and I'm rarely the one to throw this word out, but it does count with thought as opposed to skin color or sex. How about some diversity? You're going to tell me there's not a different uh, life experience from somebody who graduated from the University of Texas Law School than all the people that went to Harvard. Yeah. Absolutely. You've been in a different part of the country, been around different people, see the see the world through a different lens. Yeah. I appreciate the fact that at least some of them grew up here, there, everywhere. Um, uh, you know, it's not like they all grew up in, in Massachusetts. No, but or your college like that, experience but... on is so big. Yeah, it is. It's huge. Yeah, I just I don't know. There's something about and, and again, as I mentioned earlier, for you weirdos who listen to the entire show, um, there's a there is an impulse toward wanting royalty. 
wanting, you know, like an elite class to rule us. That was what the founding fathers had in mind when they designed the Constitution. It it wasn't that uh, the the idea of being ruled and oppressed was is so incredibly unpopular that they had to prevent it. The problem is the opposite, that mankind tends to like kings. We want a big daddy or big mama to rule us. It's a weird impulse. Um, and they wanted to prevent that. So, you know, yeah. getting back to that notion. That is human nature. I was bothered by some of the Kavanaugh supporters on the cable news channels last night. And just their, uh, the, the emotional aspect, they're just kind of, isn't he wonderful? Mm. Well, you, I either agree with them or I don't agree with them. I don't have to think he's wonderful and, yeah. and, and just like, get all uh, butterflies in my stomach over him. That, that just seems weird to me. Well, and I heard a couple of commentators say, yes, and he has the uh, educational background that uh, the president was looking for, the Ivy League uh, credentials. And I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's just there are brilliant people make me look dumb as a dog and one of your dumber dogs, not even one of your smart ones. <laughs> like our pug who is dumb. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Our dog is very smart. And I dumb think dogs are easier. I know. I can tell you. I know. Our dog is. V- oh, there's the pug there. Mm-hmm. Oh, there he is. Nice. He has no needs. Would you like me to lay here and sleep or lay there and sleep? Carry me over there. He doesn't walk. He hates it. Baxter, meanwhile, is thinking, oh, yeah, I'll sit. Sure, I'll sit. You think I should sit. Why do you think I should sit? (laughs) Oh, did you see that tweet I sent out, the libertarian dog? His owner says, stay. And the dog says, am I being detained? Hilarious. (laughs) I loved it. I loved it. Anywhere. Oh, the idea that, you know, listen, uh, uh, just I'll use myself as an example. I went to the University of Illinois because it was the state school where I lived at the time and and I could afford it. And my parents who kicked in could afford it because it was super cheap at the time. There were schools I kind of wanted to go to and I could have gotten in, but I didn't because we well we just couldn't afford it and and I had friends going to Illinois this and there were there are many hundreds of thousands of people with similar stories. Maybe they didn't want to go all the way across the country to an Ivy League school. Maybe they were intimidated by it. Maybe they really, really liked the programs Maybe at the school. Maybe you got school. a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Right, exactly. But the idea that that moment, that decision as a 17-year-old, disqualified them for life. Well, I suppose it's more about law school because a couple of people went to, what's that little community college in Palo Alto called? Stanford. That's right. Uh, a couple of the justices that did their undergrad at Stanford. But the idea that that decision at that point in your life disqualifies you eternally from being on, for instance, the Supreme Court, I just, that seems un-American to me. It's weird. We got this. It, you know what it's, it is, Jack? It's cultish. Yeah. We got this uh, text. We need a conservative Asian on the court, not Judge Ito, obviously. Which brings up... <laughs> Thank you for advancing the discussion, my friend. Which brings up to me, I have not heard once in this discussion, is this a good thing? Are we past the, he's not a woman, obviously. Uh, he's not black, he's not Hispanic. It's a white male, but I haven't heard that thrown out as an epitaph. Uh, is that the word I was looking for? Epithet? Epithet. Yeah, he's and not I, dead yet. <laughs> I haven't heard that thrown out as an epithet. Right. The whole time, he's a yeah. white male. I mean, that's the go-to epithet, right? White right. male. But I haven't heard that at all. Is that a, does that mean we, mm. we we have enough diversity on the court now that nah, that's no longer a thing? must be an oversight. <laughs> must be an oversight. They'll get to it. Uh, maybe it's that Kennedy was a white male. I don't know. That's a good one, though. Or they Garland. Throw that into the stew. Oh, yeah, Garland. Yeah, that's a good counter-argument. Well, well Obama nominated Merrick Garland. 
Oh, yeah, right. Well, those were different times. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be ugly, though. Double ugly. No Methodist from, uh, you know, University of Michigan. Right. All Catholics, Jews, Harvard, and Yale. Interesting. Not a single Protestant from Michigan law. That would be unthinkable because he doesn't have the educational background that we're looking for. F you. That's my response. Huh? And nothing from Trump University. Nobody from, not a single justice from Trump University. Not even on the appeals court level. What's going on there? (laughs) Our text line, does it matter to you? Maybe not. Text line is 415-295-KFTC. Guess what we've gotten the most texts about today? Oh, God help us. What? The three things they never want to see their boyfriend or husband wearing. (laughs) Bring it. That's what we've gotten the most texts about today. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Somebody said all this coverage is making them Kevin nauseous. <laughs> oh boy! Wow, it's a Kevin nauseating situation. Yes, I'm telling you, the hearings and the speeches and the press conferences are just going to make you sad, sad for the country, and angry, sangry. Oh, speaking of being sad, listen, here's a pro tip from your old Uncle Joe. Maybe you're a baseball fan. Maybe you're watching a game. Maybe it's exciting. Maybe it goes into extra innings. Maybe you have a job where you have to get up insanely early in the morning. What you can do is maybe record the rest of the game and zap through it in the morning instead of staying up tall hours to watch the game. Baseball. Which went the way you were hoping it would go. But for God's sake, if you do stay up, don't compound the error by deciding it would be a good idea to pour another glass of wine while you watch. But how entertaining is that? Really, really, really entertaining. Baseball is not a good fast forward through sport. The 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 enjoyment you got to get out of baseball is the is the is the breaks in between the action where you think about okay, here's what could happen, here's what they got to do. The you know thinking about the strategy, the announcers talking about it. That's that's the thing. Well, and I try to stay up on all sorts of sports teams, um, but uh, it was a Giants game, uh, San Francisco Giants game. And, uh, I thought they were in New York. <laughs> and I when happened, did that happen? And, uh, say hey, Willie. Um, and uh, I happen to really, really enjoy the broadcast team. Yeah. And uh, I can zap through baseball, you know, when I need to. And I know what you're saying, but I kept zapping, and then they'd finish up a sentence, and I think I want to hear what they said. I want to go back. To, so I ended. Up, it ended up taking longer to watch it. Because I have I kept having to go backward to hear what Crook and Kipe have to say. So shout out to our, uh, our our broadcast brethren there, our colleagues, who would not know me from a bum on the street. From the text line, probably, no, probably pepper spray me if I approach them. <laughs> from the text line, no justices from Chico State. <laughs> I went to the Chico State of Kansas, so I I appreciate that joke. Um. So I saw this this morning. Do I want to talk about this? Does he, do people want to hear about this? Probably not. Never mind. I'll skip that. Okay. That settles that. Changed my mind. So you said the most texts we got all day were on the topic of? Uh, yeah, I'll just re-mention this in case you didn't hear it. They did a survey, and here are the top three clothing items that women do not want to see on their man. Counting up from number three, leather pants, 
<laughs> Which, um, leather pants, you could look good in leather pants. They're just kind of mockable. It's trying really, really hard. As opposed to the other two that you actually don't want to ever see them in. Number two being Crocs. Mm. You're not going to have sex with him when he's wearing Crocs. You just, I mean, come on. How about, and I'm literally asking for a friend, chew Crocas. Crocs that are furry and are made to resemble Chewbacca of Star Wars fame. I don't know Chew Crocas. Wow. <laughs> it's a... It's a higher level, isn't it? I'm so torn right now whether to mock or to actually Google if that's a real thing. It's a real thing. Swear to God. Yeah. I got a buddy who wore them over to my house. And you let him in? <laughs> and the number, one thing, friend? <laughs> the number one thing women don't want to see their man in is, uh, is Speedos. Nope. A Speedo. Oh. oh. Yeah. The banana hammock. Yeah. So uh, if you're like a really good looking dude, you're a young Brad Pitt. You got your tight white T-shirt. We got. We got. We got. We got. Need somebody. One more current reference. Brad Pitt's fifty some years old. Who's a current reference? So's our audience. Uh, what's his name? The, you know the young guy, a Channing Tatum yeah. type. Or we there you go. Like That's a good one. Yeah, Channing Tatum. Yeah. He looks like you. an ape. An ape shouldn't be yeah. wearing Wait a minute. Speedo. Yeah, he's a he's a primate. We're all primates actually. <laughs> but, all right, let's come up with a fully evolved Homo sapien who's handsome. How about the, who is Thor? Young Thor. What's his oh, name? Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth. That's perfect. Oh, and his brother, perfect. every bit as handsome. So uh, you, you're Chris Hemsworth. You got your uh, your white T-shirt on, which is uh, widely reputed to be the best thing a dude can wear, heterosexual dude. Well, you gay fellows, I don't know. You'd have to tell me. Um, you could either throw on the leather pants, which you'd look great in, but it is a little ROE, little reeks of effort. Or you could throw on a nice pair of jeans. And uh, have the same effect on women folk, or again, our gay fellow friends. Um, so yeah, the, the 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 leather pants to me are an unnecessary gamble. They're taking a chance where none need be taken. Crocs and if are, you're not yeah. the sort of guy who would fit into what I just described, there's no way you should be wearing leather pants. Crocs, unless you're like uh, gardening or something like that, you just it's just you've given up. That's what it's saying, right? Well, I've the, given up on trying to look sexy to you. I just don't even care if you find me attractive. That's what it's saying. That's what you're saying with your feet. Well, do you have to make an effort to look sexy at every hour of the day? I think you should make a little effort. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying Hold to your stomach of, in. What if I'm... Uh, be kempt to some extent. Well, okay, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm at the pool. I got flip-flops on that's different than Crocs in Obviously. your mind. I'm doing work. I got work boots on. Those are kind of sexy. Sure. Uh, are you well. only wearing work boots? <laughs> no, he's got the tool belt too. That's right. <laughs> right. And I'm making right. really unfortunate tool references and getting some work done and that sort of this thing. This is my so. hammer. This is my screwdriver. And this is, well, you know what this is. Yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> Spice up your marriage, huh? <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Democrats lining up with a three word attack on Trump's nominee for the Supreme Court. Whoa. I want to hear that. We got a bid to toughen recently eased criminal penalties. It's qualified for the California ballot, just not this year. Yeah, there's a giant scam afoot. And a new game show offering to pay off your student debt. Oh, wow. That'll get a lot of attention. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, so much 
much going on. You know, in the next couple of weeks, we got uh, Trump meeting with Putin. Or actually, like this week, Strzok testifies on Thursday. There's a lot of stuff going on in various places. Oh, man. That, that, and his gal pal is testifying, too. Yeah. And he, Lisa Page. And obviously the SCOTUS pick. So let's get to the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, speaking of the SCOTUS pick, Democrats uniting against President uh, Trump's pick for the U.S. Supreme Court. Oh, there's a shock. Brett Kavanaugh. The Democrats are repeating a three-word attack mantra in their various condemnations. Senator Chuck Schumer, for example, warning. He's put at risk civil rights, labor rights, environmental rights, LGBTQ rights. President Trump repeatedly promised to nominate justices who will overturn Roe v. Wade. Democrat New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. This is a pro-life justice who... I believe there's no question we'll overturn Roe v. Wade the first chance they get. Roe versus Wade, the three-word attack mantra that almost all the Democrats have been using Absolutely. in their various attacks. That's interesting. I saw one strategist last night say um, they're not going to use the culture issue. They're going to go with the... Um, and, and maybe they've changed overnight. Right. Maybe they've, you know, they probably have pulled it, for all I know. Because mm-hmm. originally last night... Fresh out of the box, Cory Booker on Rachel Maddow, right? That's ground zero for where you're going to launch your attack. That's where your core of your core is tuned in. Rachel Rachel Maddow on MSNBC, Cory Booker, was going only from the direction of, here's a guy who once wrote some opinions about presidents and whether or not they can be indicted. All right. So yeah. pr- Trump picked this guy specifically, picked Kavanaugh, to protect himself in the whole collusion thing. Wow, that's funny, because as of 5 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time this morning, that was still the strategy, but it's clearly evolved. I, I, I wonder if they polled some people, you know, one of those flash focus group sorts of things, but it would seem, if Schumer's out there, they've decided, nope, Roe versus Wade, the way to go. And cover of USA Today, A World Without Roe versus Wade, which is, I haven't talked to anybody who's being honest who thinks that it could actually happen. It won't. No. No. If they even weakened it a little bit, it would be many years in the future. So, yeah, I don't know. That's just harem scarum tactic. What is politics, Marshall? What is politics? It's the art of enticing or frightening the herd to run in one direction <laughs> or another. You are part of the herd. Accept it. Meanwhile, President Trump is on his way to Europe in the NATO summit, and he's complaining about defense spending by most of the other allies, telling reporters before leaving. We're being taken advantage of by the European Union. Uh, We lost $151 billion last year on trade, and on top of that, we spend at least 70% for NATO, and frankly, it helps them a lot more than it helps us. Firing, you know. The EU. Oh! <laughs> Firing back European Council President Donald Tusk with a message for President Trump. Quit bad-mouthing NATO allies about how much they're spending as part of the alliance. Dear America, appreciate your allies. After all, you don't have that many. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. F- what? F you. Who was that? I'm saying F you. I don't even know who that was. That's the European Council President. Donald Tusk is you his name. crape lapper. I don't want to hear that. out. You, you be careful because you don't have that many allies. How many allies are you going to have when the Germans march over you again, huh? <laughs> that Seriously. would be an odd twist of history. Yeah. How but- the hell do you say something like that? You're not paying for an alliance that keeps you from being overrun by Russia every day. Right. Or the Germans, again. Never forget. Nazi Germany. That's right. A bid to toughen recently eased criminal penalties has qualified for California's 
2020 ballot after delays pushed it past the deadline for voters to consider it this fall. Yeah, it's very, very strange. This incredibly unwise and stupid couple of propositions that passed a couple of years ago that have been a disaster for public safety. The will of the people is reared up in our admittedly funky and ill-advised proposition uh, system. To, to change that because there were terrible flaws in it. And then mysteriously, oddly, for the first time, I've never heard of this, six county registrar offices failed to validate the signatures in time. They just, oh, we forgot. Oh, they must have been in a drawer. Oh, we, yeah, yeah, we didn't get around to it. Sorry. They're all tuned in and all, but we just, yeah, we missed the deadline. What the hell? This state is so corrupt. A measured rollback to criminal justice reforms implemented through the voter back Proposition 47 in 2014 and Prop 57 in 2016. Here are some of your nonviolent tr- crimes that you can get out of prison early for under the previously passed idiot uh, propositions. Yeah. These are nonviolent crimes. Human trafficking of a child. Oh, my God. Abducting a minor for prostitution. Oh, my God. Rape by intoxication. Rape of an unconscious person. Felony oh. sexual penetration, sodomy, or oral copulation when drugs are used or the victim is unconscious. Mr. Cosby. Drive-by shooting or shooting on foot at an inhabited dwelling or vehicle. Assault with a firearm. Felony domestic violence. That's right. Wife beating is okay in the great progressive paragon that is California. Because... And it was trying to fix those things. But Jerry Brown and his cabal there in the Capitol somehow convinced all these registrars of voters not to certify the signatures. Because what's their underlying? Because that sounds like the sort of stuff the left would really want to punish people for. They tried to decriminalize crime. Because? Because there are too many people in prisons. Built schools, not prisons. But they just did it really badly. Like usually happens, and the policy has got enormous, like Mount Everestian unintended consequences that these new props were. This new prop was trying to fix, and they killed it. They quashed it. When I was dealing with my court case, uh, people regularly mentioned Prop Forty Seven for why the sort of people I was dealing with were still on the street right. and how what a, what a nightmare it's been. That came up regularly talking to police. Prosecutors, lawyers, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely horrible. I got about a third of the way through the list of crimes that are clearly horrendous, that are considered minor or nonviolent, you can get out of prison early for. God dang I got a third of the way through the list. You're, you or your family's assaulted by somebody who's committed one of those crimes and they're still out on the street. That's, right. a, that's a pretty rough thing to have to deal with. Hey, my progressive fan, friends, how about a felony hate crime? It's a nonviolent crime. You can get turned loose early for that. You comfortable with that? It's ridiculous. There is a new true TV game show aimed at all the Americans carrying around record amounts of college debt with a prize of paying it all off. What a great idea. Who came up with this? Chuck Barris? He's dead. Yeah, but, but if this the is Plinko thing goes the wrong side, you still got to pay your... Oh, God, you'd see people falling down and weeping. It's a sadness, it's grief. But it's just a better prize than a jet ski or a washing <laughs> machine. Yeah, arguably. Show. Oh, gee. Said the man with no college debt. I can default on a loan. Uh, If I don't have a jet ski, what am I going to do? Swim? (laughs) The show is called Paid Off. It debuts today. It'll be the traditional trivia style game show, each episode featuring three contestants, mostly in their late 20s and early 30s, 
Fox Business said, though, the show isn't saying how much student debt they're willing to pay off, but apparently it's going to be quite a chunk of change. And again, That's pretty funny. I can default on my loan, but a jet ski, that'd be pretty nice. <laughs> I can have a hell of a weekend with that. <laughs> Get some chicks, maybe. True TV. That's what. Uh, that's where the show's going to be. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips in the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Throw on your Speedo and your Crocs and go out jet skiing. Right. You just think, now i got a degree in art history and a jet ski. <laughs> You can just kind of swerve up to a boat full of young hotties and say, hey, who wants to go for a ride? Yes, those are my leather pants on the beach. (laughs) What a weekend that would be. So I I, want to give you a great example of spin that happens in the media. happens on all sides, not just this side on Morning Joe this morning. But I want you to hear this. Just, I don't know. I think it's educational. Uh, talking about Trump's poll numbers and the way they presented it. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of, nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Quickly, first, the latest Gallup weekly tracking poll shows President Trump's job approval rating has slipped back down into double-digit negative territory as 56% disapprove and 41% approve. This just three weeks after Trump received the best mark since the first days of his presidency in mid-June, only to have his ratings turn back in a negative direction. This was the same time period that his administration's family separation policy at the southern border came into public view. Uh, We'll get to developments in that story ahead, but those numbers are really staggering. Those numbers are staggering. Whatever. Those numbers are staggering. Well, that's one way to look at these numbers, as Gallup has him slipping from 42 to 41 percent in that period of time, which is within, obviously, the three and a half percent margin of error. So statistically, it's tied. It's freaking nothing. You, uh, one way you could present this story is he got called Hitler every day, 24 hours a day by every media source in the country. Well, he was caging children and his approval rating stayed flat. His, I'm not a fan of Hitler. His disapproval ticked up from 53 to 56, but that's still within the margin of error. So statistically, if you want to be honest, it's flat. Yeah. So nothing changed. It's unbelievable with the negative coverage that Donald Trump got that he has remained flat in the last month. She said her his numbers are devastating in this new poll. <laughs> that is the opposite of what happened. Right. So And Fox does this, too. I'm just telling you. Yeah. Never more than with statistics. You'd think it'd be hard to do with statistics because they're numbers and you're looking there at the screen. But I mean, I thought she, she, they put the numbers up on the screen. Hey, Mika, look behind you. The 40, 42 to 41 margin of error. Th- that's nothing. Nothing happened. That's not staggering. Michael, sad trombone for Mika Brzezinski. I demand it in her analysis. You just walk up Joe Scarborough's girlfriend? <laughs> How dare you, sir? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? 
I don't know. Trump might end up at 12% at the end of his term. I have no idea. But he's not down now. He's He's way ahead of where I thought he would be. Yeah, no kidding. He's still in the 40s after a terrible month of media coverage. Anyway, it's the opposite of what happened, Mika. The opposite, what you said is the opposite of what happened. Yeah, yeah. All right. We'll see how he does after his away date with uh, Vlad Putin, his weekend away. Uh, and the meeting with NATO and, you, and the rest of it, there's, there's danger ahead. I keep bringing up the Montana rally from Thursday night. He said a whole bunch of stuff in there. That was the most amazing thing he's ever done. What he got criticized the most from the right for was what he said about Putin. Mm-hmm. Which was weird. Yeah, inexplicable. Inexplicable. Donald Trump saying people say Putin, he's a KGB agent. Ah, oh, whatever. Putin's fine. Putin's fine. <sighs> In what ways is Putin fine? How many how many people does he have to kill? He in Ukraine. He he assassinates people in the media, assassinates people around the world. He, a couple more people have died in Britain from his other assassination attempt. Um, he invades countries. He's a kleptocrat. He's the richest man in the world for thieving from the Russian people. They hacked into our entire election process and tried to ruin our democracy. Putin is so not fine. So what Trump's up to with that talk, I, I don't know what that is. I have no idea what that is. I don't know. It ain't cool, though. I have a guess, but I don't know. I just think he fancies himself a tough guy and... So he's sidling up uh, to a tough guy in a bar and saying, hey, we're a couple of tough guys, aren't we? I think it may be as simple as that. You don't think he's trying to just lower his guard by being friendly with him? It could be. Yeah, I think there's probably an element of that, too. But I don't know. We've had several POTUSes in a row who thought they could decode the guy and and, and dismantle him and, and, and turn him into a buddy. And it's just crazy. Putin's such a hard ass in every way. Well, he has no interest in your friendship. And he's trained in the highest. One, he's a, probably a sociopath. Oh, clearly. And two, he's trained at the very highest levels of, of uh, manipulating people. Yeah, and deception and manipulation. And the threat from the outside is his greatest asset. If the United States became a buddy, he would lose a lot of the legitimacy of his rule. So working real hard toward that end, I just, it's a dead end street to me. I'll we'll see how that goes. Hey kids, it's that time again. With Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, hey, hey. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Marshall Phillips, what's your final thought? I got a suggestion for some real summertime fun. Dress the kids up as cows and haul them over to Chick-fil-A for free food. What? Wow. It is their annual cow appreciation day. Anybody showed up, showing up dressed as a cow gets free food if you don't have a full costume. The chain says anybody who visits wearing any sort of cow apparel will receive a free entree. Check out my udders. <laughs> Trade your dignity for a chicken sandwich? Sounds fine to me. This is a chance to wear those leather pants. Does that count? <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. Uh, positive, Sean, your final thought. Rarely have I ever been so conflicted as I am Google image searching Chukrakas. These are horrendous, and there's probably a 70% chance I'll own them by the yes, end of the week. Yes, yes. Oh, oh yeah. you got to display those to some uh, lovely young woman who's coming to visit. <laughs> I might wear them to work. <laughs> Michelangelo, your final thought. A cape, a construction hat, a welder's mask, or just something really pretty. What would you like to see Jack wear the next time he goes on the high dive <laughs> and we film it? There you go. Armstrongandgetty.com. Yeah, I'm telling you, pay-per-view, forty nine ninety nine. That'd be great. Jack, your final thought for us. So, game shows are apparently back for some reason in television. Marshall mentioned the one where you can get your student loans yeah. paid off. 
Kevin Hart is part of a game show called Total Knockout, which looks kind of fun. And if you're old enough to remember the $100,000 pyramid, yes. it is back. We've got a picture here of Snoop Dogg competing with somebody. So. Well, that seems like a tough partner to have in that game. <laughs> awesome. Uh, my final thought is Barack Obama wasn't a secret Muslim. He was an atheist. Merrick Garland was a fine guy, just leaned left. This Brett Kavanaugh guy is not Hitler. He's not going to overturn Lil Roe versus Wade. Unless you really, really, really enjoy being manipulated, you got to ignore the outward, like, 15% of what your side is yelling. Because it's always silly. And the problem is we're desensitized for when something bad actually happens. Right. Right. Boy, wolf, etc. Look it up. Yeah. It's an old story. Uh, Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com for various clicks. Our email address is mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Drop us a line, huh? I got to put a GoPro on my head for the diving board. Yes. Uh, See you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. That would truly be a happy ending for everyone. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.